Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Reverend Richard J. Coombs from Miko, Australia, a ministry that uh, bridges the gap a little bit in people's understanding about Islam and Christianity. And I know Richard's uh, done a lot of travelling around the world, in particular in the Middle East, and I'm just curious to find out a, a bit about Miko, Australia. Welcome to the show, Richard. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Miko does? Yeah, thanks for the privilege. Uh, it's... Um Miko is an interdenominational mission organisation. Uh, we've been working in the Middle East uh, for 152 years, so we have a long history there. Uh, and uh, our prime uh, mission really is to encourage uh, pastors uh, to work with the National Evangelical Church, to train leaders, and also to just be a real encouragement uh, to believers in the midst of the difficulties that they face as believers living in that kind of community. Now, I sense a bit of a uh, Kiwi accent. Tell us a bit about uh, where you're from and, and your background. Yeah, well, originally from New Zealand. Uh, our family shifted across to Australia uh, in 1988. Uh, I'm a Baptist pastor. We had two churches in New Zealand, and then I pastored two in Melbourne before moving into my role as director of Miko Australia 10 years ago. And tell me, what prompted you to get involved in a ministry like Miko? Uh, well, I hadn't heard about the uh, ministry until I arrived in Melbourne, and a young couple in the church that I was pastoring uh, told me that they were uh, going to the Middle East with Miko, and I said, who? Uh, I wanted to support them, so I got involved with Miko at grassroots level. And then over the years, my involvement increased. I became the Australian chairman uh, for the organisation. Uh, I was privileged to serve as international chairman uh, for the mission for a period of six years uh, before I moved into this role as Australian director. Now, let me just ask you a couple of questions about, uh, you know, Islam and, uh, you know, outreaching to those that are part of the, the Muslim faith. Uh, what's your advice? You know, if... If, say, you know, a, a Christian meets a, a Muslim person, uh, you know, they say, I've, I've heard that they say it's best that men witness to men and women witness to women because that's very culturally sensitive to do that. So say for me, if, if I'm, I just, um, you know, sit down at a coffee shop and notice there's a Muslim bloke sitting there next to me, what would your advice be? How would I start a conversation? What would be a good way to bridge a gap and, and maybe share the good news with, with him? What's your advice? Uh, well, first of all, just treat them as ordinary people because that's who they are. And uh, I remember one experience in Beirut driving in a taxi and uh, the taxi driver was uh, a Muslim uh, person. Uh, he turned to me, he said, uh, are you a Christian? I said, yes, I am. He said, uh, why aren't you a Muslim? Uh, well, that gave an immediate in for a conversation to begin. And one of the things I, you become very aware of in the Middle East is they are very spiritually aware. Uh, they're inquisitive. Uh, so generally speaking, if you begin talking about religious things, spiritual things, they are very open 
to listening to what you have to say. Uh, whether they will uh, uh, agree with you or not, that's another issue. Uh, very likely they won't, but it's a real opportunity to, opportunity to plant a seed and just let God's word uh, take action in their lives. Now let me ask, um, you know, you, you've travelled a lot uh, and you obviously see how different things are in the Middle East compared to Australia. Uh, a lot of Muslims in Australia, you know, as much as the federal government would love uh, Muslims to uh, integrate and for us to be a multicultural society, many of them actually don't want to integrate uh, with, with Aussies. Uh, so is that a big barrier that comes up uh, between Aussies and, and, and Muslims? Uh, well, I can really only speak from the perceptions that you read through the media, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think it is. Um, a lot of uh, Middle Easterners come because uh, they come from very difficult circumstances. Uh, the Christian community particularly, they've been persecuted. And uh, so when they come here, they still want things that are familiar, that they feel safe with. And therefore, I guess to some degree, they stay within the boundaries of their own communities. Uh, now, admittedly, that makes it difficult for integration, uh, assimilation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but um, I think it'll be the second and third generations where we will see the difference. Um, a lot of these families, like other ethnic groups, uh, cultural groups, they'll speak in their own national language, continue with their practices. Uh, it's not till the second or third generation that that kind of breaks down and the child, grand, grandchildren are speaking English, they're more comfortable. Uh, so those are a whole lot of reasons, I think, why we tend to view them as still being in their um, clusters. Now, a movie I saw many years ago uh, is Behind the Sun, and I know it's one of the resources that you guys have available. It really impacted me uh, about this young guy who converts to Christianity and, and then gets just shunned and persecuted from his family. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the movie and uh, you know why people should check that out? Uh, well, firstly, the movie is based on a true story. Uh, and uh, while movies are acted and they have their you know, good sides and others. I think the fact that this is, you know, it's for real. And I guess the sobering fact of this movie is that this is still continuing today. It's still going on. I, I've met, I've had the privilege of meeting uh, believers in the Middle East who've been imprisoned for their faith. I, I can think of a young man I talked with last year who uh, had been, um, had become a believer his own family called in the secret police to have him taken away. Uh, they tried to get him to recant his faith. Uh, he refused. Uh, as a result, he had both his legs broken and his back. Um, I said to him, why didn't you change back to your old religion? I mean, you've been through so much. Uh, and a simple reply to me was, Jesus has just done so much to me. Um, I'm prepared to suffer this way. The, 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 the challenge that I find in that is that so many of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, this is life for them. They're not afraid to suffer. The persecution is kind of par for the course for them. And uh, I'm conscious, you know, I've preached on that text many times. 
uh, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. But what do I, what do I know about that? Uh, in little ways, you know, people laugh at me at, uh, because I happen to be a believer. Um, you know, you get embarrassed maybe at a workplace because someone tells a dirty joke or, you know, you don't like it. You get uncomfortable with language that's not appropriate. Is that taking up your cross? I mean, our brothers and sisters there know what it is to take up the cross. And I think this movie reflects some of that and is a real challenge to young and old as to uh, what it means for these people to change their religion and to become real followers of Jesus. Well, it's certainly a great m- movie, and I'd highly recommend it to our listeners. Behind the Sun, uh, worth getting your hands on. Uh, the other question I wanted to ask was, you know, I've been learning a little bit about some of the differences between Islam and Christianity. We know they have uh, a lot of the you know, the same Old Testament uh, books that we have in our Bible, uh, and we know that they acknowledge Jesus as Isa uh, in, in the Quran. Um, for those who are curious, what, what would you say? Just give us a, a, a brief outline. What, what, what's an overview? What's, what are the main differences that you see uh, between Christianity and Islam, particularly if we want to have a conversation with, with a Muslim so that we have an understanding? I think um, the first thing we need to realise is that uh, for a Muslim to have a personal relationship with God is, is almost unreal. And, uh, I mean, as believers, we... We rejoice that through Jesus uh, we can know God, we can experience God. Uh, I remember one of our workers uh, in the Middle East saying, if you really want to impact a, a, a Muslim who is searching for, for a relationship with God, ask them two questions. Uh, the first question is this, do you have the assurance that your sins are forgiven? And a follower of Muhammad has to say no. They do not have that assurance. The second question is, when you stand before God, can you be assured that he will accept you? And again, their answer is no. And those two questions, I think, are very, they're very challenging, they're powerful, but they actually open the door for, for, for witness and for opportunity to speak uh, to them about, about Jesus and about what real faith and uh, a relationship with God means. Well, it's certainly um, a, a wonderful uh, opportunity, uh, you know, because I, I remember having a chat with my grandpa um, a few years before he died and he said he prayed the Lord's Prayer every night and I said, but do you have a relationship with God? Do you know that you're going to heaven? And he goes, I reckon I've got two bob each way. <laughs> he was a betting man. And I said, well, actually, I reckon there is a way you can know. You know, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and, uh, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and has risen from the dead, then you'll be saved. And and, and we prayed together. Uh, and thankfully, it was a few years before he passed away. Uh, but it's, it's isn't it wonderful to know the assurance of salvation we have in Jesus? Uh, and uh, let me just probe a bit more about the difference between Islam and Christianity. Uh, so, the Quran. Uh, a lot of a lot of Muslims wouldn't believe that our Bible is uh, infallible. Wouldn't believe that it's correct. 
Uh, what are the main differences between what the Quran teaches and what the Bible teaches? There's a big question for you, but have you got just a few things you can throw out for us? <laughs> well, I guess, again, it comes back, I think, as a believer to who Jesus is. Uh, because the New Testament story is all about why Jesus came and what he did for us and how we can have that relationship with God. Uh, the Quran does nothing about, uh, mentions nothing about that. Um, I think even, uh, probably even further than just what's the difference between the Quran and the Christian Bible is more what's the difference between the character of Muhammad and the character of Jesus? And there there's a huge difference. Uh, Muhammad admitted he was a sinner. Uh, well, can a fallible man uh, enable us to find acceptance with God? Uh, Jesus was sinless. And I, I think, yeah, more than just that difference in the texts, it's actually about the character of the, the two prophets, as it were. And, uh, it, well, as a Christian, the Bible and Jesus are far and away much more clear in how we can know God in a very personal way. Well, it's been so good to have you on the show today. And uh, I'm just curious uh, if people want to find out more about Miko Australia. I see the website about Miko.org is the, the website there. Um, if people want to get in contact with you and find out more, uh, you, I guess you guys are available to speak and I know you're, you're at different conferences. Tell us a bit more about if people contact you, what, what services you have available. Sure. Well, I do a lot of speaking in churches and mainly talking about what God is doing in the Middle East today. I mean, because the uh, the papers and the media portray it as all, you know, um, uh, being blown up with bombs and terrorists and it's nothing like that. And even though, uh, you know, it's difficult uh, in the Middle East, uh, the reports coming out say that there are more Muslims turning to faith in Jesus now than any other time in, in history. So I like to tell those stories. And uh, so when I come to the church, I use PowerPoint. I tell stories of people I've met, of but what God is doing uh, in the Middle East today. And so if they want to contact me, they can uh, go to our website, uh, www.miko.org.au. Uh, or they could phone our office, uh, 03 9898 Those would be the best ways to contact. We've been talking with Reverend Richard J. Coombs, the Australasian Director for Miko Australia. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.